Very enjoyable. Turn to Luke chapter 2. We will resume in Ephesians on January the 6th, first Wednesday of the year. We will all be at winter retreat next week, and Brother Corey Gerard is willing and ready to bring the message next Wednesday night while we're gone. But tonight, Luke chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 13 through 20, something that we started in the Villas ministry a few years ago was going through Luke chapter 2. We took a one section every year. We, we had only done it for two years. We started uh, in verses 1 through 7, and we shared the miraculous taxation. And of course, uh, makes you think of Joseph and Mary going to Bethlehem. And then in verses 8 through 12, a year ago, we shared the miraculous appearance. The appearance of the angel of the Lord and the appearance of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And so now after that miraculous sight, that uh, miraculous appearance, we're going to look at many responses to that appearance tonight. Because what we see in these verses will be responses from the angels, from the shepherds, from Mary, and from the everyday people. And there is something in every one of them that people can relate to in different ways. So look with me in verses 13 and 14, and we're first going to look at the response of the angels at this miraculous appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So we not only have one angel on the scene now, we have a host of angels. That word host, it means an army. It means a multitude. It means you can't number them. And, and so you have angels on the scene for this miraculous appearing beyond counting. And what is their response? Well, they're worshiping the Lord. Amen. And they spoke. They spoke of his glory. That was their response to the Lord Jesus. They said glory to God in the highest, the highest possible being of heaven had come down to earth to redeem sinful man. Come to earth in the flesh. The prophecy was out there for so long of the coming of Jesus. Isaiah said long ago, for unto us a child is born. And this prophecy has now been fulfilled. The saints have believed it. And there are responses to this baby Jesus who has come in the flesh. There was waiting with expectation at his birth. And he is now being celebrated and he is being honored. That is the response to Jesus 
from the angels. The angels gave glory to God on the first Christmas. Something that we need to remember in the importance of Christmas. We do a little giving. We do a little receiving. But the most important thing that we can do and the most appropriate thing at Christmas for you and I to do is to give glory to God for sending his son to us, that he was birthed in the flesh and came to give us life. God gave his only son for sinners. And praise the Lord, sinners are still giving their souls to God. That's the best giving that could go on at Christmas. Let us give him glory for that. The angels immediately came to the scene of the Savior's birth. And, and within their mouth, what they had to say was glory. Glory to God in the highest. There is none other that is higher that made himself lower than the angels for you and I. But they not only spoke of his glory in their response, they spoke of peace. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. They didn't come with a message of judgment. The angels came with a message of peace. Good tidings because peace had now come to earth. People have wanted peace and they've tried to get peace many different ways. But there was one way that peace came. And that was through the Lord Jesus Christ. By way of the great, eternal, uncreated, self-existing Son of God who came to reconcile man to God. The sin problem had been solved by this birth. You could see what was coming. The alienation, the separation, the struggle, the division, the fear of sin was now conquered before their very eyes. In the birth of the Savior, praise to God for peace to man. That is God's peace for us in the Savior. You know, there will never be a time in our lives that was more special than the time that we made peace with God. We went from enmity, we went from hostility against God to peace with God through the reconciling of his son. And nothing will ever be more special to us than that that we have experienced in life. And that ought to call us to a very similar response of the angels. We ought to shout glory. And we ought to shout peace for the baby Jesus who came. He was born to make peace through the blood of his cross. Colossians chapter 1 says. You know the angels... They don't experience salvation, but they sure celebrate it. They celebrate ours, and they responded in the sight of our salvation with a message of glory and peace. What was the angel's response? They shouted glory. They shouted peace. How did the shepherds respond? We see that as we look in verse 15. And it came to pass... As the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. 
And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. The shepherds responded with faith. The first thing we see is simple faith from the shepherds. They heard the heralding of the message and they said, let us now go and see this thing which is come to pass. They didn't debate the issue. They didn't doubt what they had heard. They didn't reject the message that they had heard, but they believed it and they were excited about it. And they rushed quickly with expectation to go search for what they had heard. The response from the shepherds tells us that they wasted no time when they heard about the Son of God being born. There was an urgency to go find this babe. And they found him. They searched and they saw. Wow, what blessings come by simple faith. By simple faith, they got to see the baby son of God. You know, it was simple faith. It had to be simple faith for you and I to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was simple faith that we came to him. And of course, we grow in faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we're encouraged to grow in faith. But let us not forget what simple faith does. I think we might miss out on some simple things sometimes. The little things that, that God has for us that, that, that simple faith takes us to. Or look what a huge thing this was for the shepherds. And all it took was simple faith. And they got to see the Lord Jesus. They had simple faith and they had sincere faith. Because they went and they searched, and then they saw, and then they immediately spoke of what they had seen. That is sincere faith that they went immediately declaring the good news. You know, meeting Jesus births in you and I a desire for others to meet Jesus. And the shepherds had that kind of faith. They had that kind of desire because they saw the Son of God and they went proclaiming the Son of God in sincerity. We also see that the shepherds had steadfast faith, though. And if you'll jump down with me to verse 20, we'll see that. It says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. The shepherds returned. They returned to their same old duties. Their lowly duties of taking care of the sheep. They were, they were looked upon as lowly in society for that. And, and here they have seen the Lord Jesus. And then they go back to the same thing that they were doing. But they don't go back in the same way. 
they go back changed. They go back to what they were doing, worshiping the Lord as they did it. Giving glory to God as they did what they did. Everywhere we find ourselves and in everything we do, we can give glory to God. We're commanded to give glory to God. Worship is a way of life. What we see by the shepherds here is that whatever we're called to do, whether it, whether it be uh, our occupation, whether it be a steady doctor visit, we can see it as a divine appointment. Because that's a time to give glory to God. That's a time for others to see the change that meeting Jesus makes in our lives. Everywhere we go and everything we find ourselves in, we may hate some things we have to do. We may not look forward to some things we have to do in one sense. But in another sense, it's always an opportunity to give glory to God. And the saints show us this in a very good example of sharing the good news and sharing it with an urgency. It's for every Christian to share the good news. It's not just for preachers to do that. It's an easy point that we see by way of the shepherd's example. These shepherds were not preachers. They weren't looked upon very highly. They were social outcasts. They were considered unclean. There were a, a lot of things that hindered them from going to temple worship sometimes. But these men, they returned to their job with joy, proclaiming the glad tidings of the Savior, Christ the Lord. We're all called to be ambassadors for Christ. We're even given a sermon title, a, a devotion title, whatever you want to say, if you will. There in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Be ye reconciled to God. Peace on earth, the angels say. And that peace is Jesus Christ reconciling anyone to God that will come to him. And that's the message that every single one of us have to minister to someone else. Preacher once said, if you're saved, you know how to tell someone else to be saved. Charles Spurgeon said, if you do not have a desire to see someone else saved, he said, be sure you're not saved yourself. The child of God is an ambassador of, for Christ, called to minister to others. There ought to be more ministering done in the streets than in the sanctuary. I say that because one's preaching in the sanctuary, but then when the church goes beyond these walls, there are many ministers that go out in the streets to the job, to the doctor's appointment. To those in a divine appointment. That's why we've come across them. To be an ambassador for Christ. Oh what a response. From these shepherds. When they. Had that miraculous appearance. 
before their very eyes. They had simple faith. They had sincere faith. And they had steadfast faith. They were very open. And, and their response was very much full of expression outwardly. But how about Mary's response? And this is one I was thinking, well, we're not going to relate to. And in a lot of ways we're not, but in some way we are. Look with me. How did Mary respond? Verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary meditated and reacted, responded to this event in one sense, the same way as many. Because Mary needed that Savior, Jesus Christ, to save her. And, and she was excited to see his presence as he was manifested in the flesh, just like everyone else in one way. But also in a very, very unique experience, all her own, she had one unlike anyone else as she reflected on what she had experienced in this over and over. And as much as a privilege as it was for this Christian woman that, that God used to bring about his son, it was such a privilege to be used by God, but this was a difficult, exhausting experience for her. Think, think about that for a minute. A Christian being used for a great thing. And it was difficult and it was hard to go through. And she is exhausted physically. She is exhausted emotionally for saying, be it unto me according to thy word, Lord. And so think about her for just a minute. She was expecting a child and she was unmarried. Imagine the rumors that she had to endure that would come against her. She made a very rough, long trip to Bethlehem right at the point of expecting, right at, right at due date there, making that trip. And she was rejected from the normal overnight accommodations that many others had. And here she was, ready to have a child. And she's in an animal pen. And she laid there. And that's where she delivered that baby. She was tired. And she was worn out. People go to the hospital. And they say, oh, look at the beautiful baby. And so many times, mama's forgotten about. And she's been through something that us guys have never been through and probably couldn't handle. We forget about mama. Now, now it's just if it's justified in any case, it's justified in this case because this is the Son of God and He has made Himself known in the flesh miraculously. But consider her. She had different feelings and different emotions in this that absolutely no one else would be able to understand. So as the shepherds immediately declared the news... Mary was humbled in silence, recalling to herself 
in personal relationship with the Lord. What she had experienced with him. Do you ever quietly think back on the moment that you were saved? The Lord saved you and you went back on about your way and the Lord started changing your life. And you knew your life was changing in front of people around you on your daily walk that you had, you had been rubbing elbows with. And you knew they were going to see something different. You knew you were going to reject things that, that I speak of my own testimony, but maybe yours is similar. You knew you were going to reject partaking in things of people that you, you casually knew and they were acquaintances and, and you kind of liked them in a sense. And now it's, it's awkward. The teenagers say awk. It, it gets awk because now, you know, you're, it's different but there's also that peace there. There is a peace that, that you're going to deny what you were and you're going to be able to walk boldly in what you are now in the Lord. Persecution from family maybe. The things you experienced when you were saved. What would take place in the days, of he days ahead? You know, something amazing had taken place in your life and you knew there were going to be people around you who had no clue what had happened to you. And they weren't going to be able to comprehend. They weren't going to be able to understand what had happened to your life. I'm not saying we can relate to Mary and her lot in life. We can't whatsoever. But for every child of God, there ought to be able to be that special meditation on what you have walked with the Lord in through your lot in life. Well, the Lord woke me up today. That's good. Yes, he did. And we should thank him for it. And he woke us all up today. He did do that. But what are those specific things that we meditate on that we have been through with the Lord. When the preaching of the word happens and we come across that verse and that verse is laced with your life experience as the Lord took you through something or used you to do something and you had no idea that God would use you to do that or you did not think you would get through this or get through that, but yet you did. In the Lord, your personal walk with the Lord to meditate on, to ponder in our own hearts what the Lord has done. Because there was a time that you and I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and he saved our soul. We've continued to hear the gospel after that. You know, there's some tenses with being saved. We have been saved, we're being saved, and we shall be saved. Mary was pondering what had been happening in her relationship with the Lord as God had used her to go through that. How about you and I? Do we ponder these things in our hearts? How do we respond to the gospel once we're saved? By those things that he's been doing in us while he's saving us. That only he can do. Mary pondered these things. But there is a sense in which we can relate. And we can reflect 
on all we've experienced in him. Is that our response as we consider the precious Lord Jesus who came to this earth, born of a virgin, manifested in the flesh for you and I? The response of the everyday people. How did the everyday people respond? Look with me in verse 18. And they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Those who heard the shepherds declare the good tidings that the Savior has been born, they wondered. That's a good word. That means they marveled. Within that word, there's the understanding of astonishment. Their jaws might have dropped when they heard the news. These shepherds, you know, back up a little bit. And there were some shepherds, and they anxiously went to see him. These shepherds wandered, but it doesn't, it doesn't give any other record of what happened to go see if it were true. They were probably close, but denied themselves of searching out the greatest person that they could ever meet who could save their soul for eternity, which no one else can do. And there are people today who hear the message. And they are around people whose lives have changed. You know, someone comes to Christ and they're back in the workplace or they're back around the people that they're around all the time, family. And it's undeniable that their life has changed and they have heard why. They can't understand it all, but they have seen something and heard why. And they don't investigate God for themselves to get to the bottom of it for their own life, their own soul, and consider their end. They're selfishly walking around in a lower life, occupied in the things of this world. As Solomon has been saying in Ecclesiastes on Sunday nights, it's all vanity. He put this world in riches and glamour and, and everything that he could try to fulfill himself with in this world to the test. And God gave it to us in his word that it does not satisfy it does not complete. Yet, people don't know quite what they're seeing, but it's the power of God unto salvation in someone else's life. Or they hear the message of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they keep running around in a cotton candy world. And as we think about that, as I thought about those things, I got a heavy heart. Certain people that I love just came to my mind who are, who are a victim. Who, not, not that they're innocently, blindly out in this world, but they, they fit the bill for that. And it gives me a heavy heart for them. And you may have people that run through your mind too who have neglected the gospel, 
not considered their eternal soul and they're running around this world. But this miraculous birth brought about God in the flesh to walk this earth to save people just like that and to not give up on them. There are those who have neglected the Lord, but God's gift is Jesus Christ in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for sinners, and he's still willing to save that sinner who's neglecting him. Those who won't investigate God. If that describes anyone listening online tonight, or maybe someone here tonight, you just haven't investigated God for yourself to, to receive his eternal salvation and your response is as those of the everyday people. That response can change. That response can change even tonight in hearing the good tidings of a Savior, Christ the Lord. He came to save his people from their sins. And then the child of God can shout with glory and peace. Have simple, sincere, and steadfast faith. And all oh, that time of being humbled silently, personally thinking about our relationship with the Lord. And in every way, he has walked with us and helped us as we meditate on that. That, that can be anyone here tonight. You don't have to respond like the everyday people any longer. We would be surprised at who may attend church and they're just dancing around right outside the heart, the backbone of what we believed. Personal salvation in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of our sins. If that's anyone here tonight, what a great Christmas gift you can have. The gift that gives for eternity. Salvation in Jesus. What is your response to this miraculous appearing? Well, with that, let's have a word of prayer. And then, and then it's going to be your time to share that Christmas memory, that Christmas gift, whatever you have on your heart. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we come before you and I thank you so much for your word. Lord, we know this isn't the time of year that, uh, that our Lord was born, but it's a time that we do celebrate his birth and tell others about the miracle that you have done, the miracle you have made in our lives by saving us through your precious son. And I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for what it does for us for a true Christmas that we need to stay on track to have always. Glory given to you, Father. That's the most important thing we ought to do. So I thank you tonight for your word and that all you are doing in our lives as a result. And we pray these things in the mighty name of our precious Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.